From the studios of Teeing It Up in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 8 of the National Football League season. I'm Jeremy Schilling. Uh, Luke Morrow joins me. Uh, good morning, Luke. Good morning. Um, is there anything really to talk about with Jets Jags? Uh, you can talk about uh, watching golf instead. Um, yes, you read my mind. Yeah. I never expected this. I mean, to be on the precipice now, three-stroke lead with seven holes to play, you can see it live, the resumption of play, the final round on Golf Channel tonight at 6.30 Eastern. I never expected this in my wildest dreams. Um, to the point where, and, and I don't think you'll mind me saying this, that I said, hey, I can come on your show and talk about this. And you, and, and you passed. And I think rightly so, because I don't think any of us expected Tiger to be in this. Knee surgery, nine-week layoff, um, had a lot of corporate priorities that prevented him from probably doing the practice that he wanted. And lo and behold, he goes in the skins game on Monday. His game isn't sharp at all. Gets it on the back nine. And then parlays it into 64-64-66, and he's two under on his final round today, which would give him 68 if he pars in. Obviously, he probably needs a couple more birdies, but this has been remarkable, and, and I never expected number 82 to fall this week. This is not the week that I expected it, and lo and behold, he's on the precipice of history. And how, how late did you stay up watching it last night? Oh, you know me. I, I can't for medical reasons, so I was out by 12.15. Did you, did you DVR and get up this morning to watch it? No. I've done that in the past, um, but it's just really hard to stay spoiler-free. I knew that I had a busy morning before a long day where I'm going to be out of the house for 12-plus hours. So um, it was just a situation where I need to get caught up eventually. And, and number two... With, with Twitter and YouTube and Instagram, you can get caught up immediately. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't take long to figure out what the highlights are. So I'll be DVRing tonight because I won't be home for this. I'm going to not see this live, um, believe it or not. So um, I'll have the DVR going. And look, his last two PGA Tour wins, he won with a bunch of me not watching. So... There's something to that. Uh, sorry, two of the last three. I was there for Augusta, but two of the last three I was not watching live. Yeah, you, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a night person myself, and I was wondering why my friends were still up texting me at like 2 a.m. last night, and then I realized they were all still up watching watching Tiger, so uh, it's interesting. You have golf friends? Oh, yeah. Why have we not talked about this in, in your 10 years of either being on my show at, at, at QU or being my ho co-host? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't want to make you jealous of the other golf, right? <laughs> it's, it's just a remarkable feat, and, and we'll talk about it now. First, let's get this done. But just what he's done this week, what he's done in these hours, um, and, and in these last three days has been remarkable. Um, and uh, it's just, he's on the precipice of, of a historic event that not a lot of us thought would happen this week. And I think that you're going to see Golf Channel tonight scramble to get some analysts in studio who are not supposed to be in studio because um, this was a nice event that Tiger was doing. And I don't think any of us actually thought it would be number 82. And, and now he can tie Sam Snead's record. Uh, just one, one footnote here. Um, 
this probably ensures his President's Cup captain's pick, which will make Golf Channel NBC very happy. And that comes on a Saturday night in December, Saturday night, December 14th. I believe December 14th may be one of those NFL uh, Saturdays. You know how they've added a bunch late in the year? part of the Thursday package. I think that may be one of them. So there may be more football and golf side-by-side left involving Tiger Woods in 2019. Interesting. Um, Look, my only thing about this Jet team is when you get embarrassed like you did on Monday night, you better show up this week. They're in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not that good. I'm sorry. I'm not in the mustache craze or the goatee, whatever that darn thing is. But the Osemele scandal's not fun, and this team just needs to show me life. That's all I care about today. It's just life. This season's over. I thought if they could win out, maybe 11-5 and five would do it. But you're not going to win now at 1-6 at and six in the AFC. I don't think you can make the playoffs at 10-6. and six. So, see ya. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but this has a... The Jets are on a short week. They're traveling down uh, down south there to take on Jacksonville. They had all the drama going on this week, even the, the whole team goes nonsense. But um, Jaguar, this is the type of situation, usually teams, when they're embarrassed in prime time like that, will bounce back. And so I think the Jets will have an opportunity to bounce back against the Jacksonville team today that isn't all that great. The defense isn't as good as the once was. As you said, Gardner Minshew is a fun story, but he's not playing as well lately as he was when he first took over. Now there's film on him and tendencies and all that sort of stuff. So the Jets will have a chance. Will it matter in the long run? Probably not, but maybe they'll have a chance to find their second win today. Um, look, here's here's something that I think is interesting. Uh, the Jets are using his motivation the fact that they thought the Jags ran up the score against them last year. It's a bizarre motivational tool. I would think that being embarrassed at home would be your motivational tool, not what happened a year ago. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, so that's just a bizarre footnote for, for today. Eagles-Bills intrigues me for this reason. We have a Bills team that is rolling right now. We're heading towards a big matchup with the Pats in a couple weeks. And we have an Eagle team that now has infighting in the locker room. Luke, these end one of two ways. They end because somebody steps up, galvanizes them, or brings them together. Or it ends up in a dumpster fire. And it looks like this Eagle team is headed towards a dumpster fire. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's one of those crossroad games. And so now they have to figure out which way are they going to go. And this is obviously a team that won the Super Bowl just two years ago, and a lot of those guys are in the locker room. Now, ironically, that seems to be the issue, that they think you know they can still live off of that Super Bowl. But these are guys that have won big games before. They know what it takes to win. So you would imagine that they would come out and, uh, you know, with a fire lit under them and put all that behind them and play inspired football. But I don't know if it's going to happen with the stories that we've heard coming out of that locker room and the the rap uh, and then Orlando Scandrick this past week and people complaining about Carson Wentz and the offense they're running. The Eagles, this is their third straight week on the road. A lot of times I can catch up with you. And in the last two weeks, they were blown out against uh, the Cowboys and they were blown out by the Vikings the last two weeks on the road. Now they're on the road a third week against a good Bills team that is coming off a bye and then an easy game against Miami last week. And the Bills are playing really good. Uh, they got the number three defense. They're 5-1. Josh Allen's playing well. They have the second-best red zone offense in the league, uh, top 10 in time of possession, third down offense, so they stay on the field and they get you off the field. Uh, this is a tough matchup. It's a tough place to go for Philadelphia. I, I think the Bills win, and Philadelphia, we continue on this um, this thing unraveling their 
it's funny, you know, they wrote, a, uh, Doug Peterson wins the Super Bowl, he writes a book telling everybody how to do it. And Lane Johnson is going on about how much more fun it is in Philadelphia than New England. And, and then since then, they've been a 500 team and they've been a huge disappointment this year. So, you know, maybe maybe next time, take your Super Bowl with a little more uh, like a humble pie instead of writing books about how great you are. Or maybe write your book after you retire. <laughs> right. Or maybe win a second one or something. Like, you do something great, uh, you know, you have yeah. Come on. Something like that. All right. You're in Carolina, um, technically South Carolina, but but you're in that Carolina Panther footprint. Explain to me, 6-0 San Francisco, 4-2 Carolina. I wrote off Carolina as a, as a, as a done team. Uh, what, is Cam Newton ready? Well, what's the actual truth down there? Educate me. Is Cam Newton ready? Is Kyle Allen taking over? What's going on here? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I'm still not sure. If you ask me, I think this should be Kyle Allen's team moving forward, or it's now Kyle Allen's job to, to lose. Cam is traveling with the team for the first time this week, so it, it, that's a step in the right direction that he's he's close. Uh, he's supposed to return to practice. They were hoping for this week. He, he didn't, uh, so maybe next week. But I think, they're, I think the Panthers are almost trying to stall or buy more time to figure out what the deal is with Kyle Allen because – He's won uh, his first five starts of his career. You can't replace a guy who's 5-0 and like that. Now, if he loses, then more people may come over to the Cam Newton side. If he loses two in a row or he loses two out of three, it's a lot easier to make that change. So I think they're almost stalling and buying time to see if the decision will be made for him. If he wins, say, the next two weeks and he's 7-0, and I mean, how can you go to Cam Newton? Whereas if he loses against a good San Francisco team today, they play the Saints, I think, in two weeks. Uh, you lose a couple of these tough games. Allen doesn't play as well. And it's like, okay, Cam's healthy. Uh, Allen is struggling of late. Let's see what Cam, a healthy Cam Newton, can bring us. But I think as of right now, the decision is clear. This offense is much better with Kyle Allen. They're scoring two touchdowns more per game with Kyle Allen than Cam Newton over the last uh, season and a half. He hasn't thrown an interception. Uh, they're, they're more on schedule. They're more in rhythm. He gets the ball in, in the receiver's hands in stride and allows them to get more yards after the catch, which is what this offense is designed to do. Christian McCaffrey uh, is playing more of a role now because you don't have to worry about Cam. Uh, the offense just looks much better. Even if Kyle Allen isn't putting up gaudy numbers, I think he needs to remain the starter. Uh, to be clear, you're saying Cam Newton is traveling, but he is not the backup today. No, yeah, as far as I know, he won't be dressing, but he is actually traveling for the first time, which is a good sign because they oh. didn't want him out on the plane and standing on the sidelines. He's been away from the team for a while. Gotcha. Okay, and then, and then quickly, what was Cam's problem? What, what, it, 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 it sounds like Kyle Allen has done a bunch of positive things, but that also means that Cam Newton did a bunch of negative things. What was Cam's problem before he got hurt? Well, in Cam's defense, he spent the second half of last year playing with that shoulder issue. Right. Big deal, affect his accuracy. But in general, Cam is just, you know, he's one of those guys that he, he goes off schedule. He's not a rhythm quarterback. He doesn't go through the plays. He'll ad-lib. He'll extend plays. He'll try to run through all that sort of stuff. Where North Turner's an offense that he likes to be on schedule and in rhythm. And so with Kyle Allen, you know, okay, he's going to drop back. He's going to throw it at this point. He's going to throw it to this guy or this guy. He's going to follow the plays. Whereas Cam, you know, he's a playmaker. He tries to scramble, uh, makes things happen in the backfield. Like Ben Roethlisberger, it could throw things out of rhythm. And he's not as accurate as a quarterback. He's not as athletic of a quarterback anymore, which was the strong suit. Uh, he just can't stand in the pocket and be a guy that's going to complete 70% of passes nowadays and, and hit throws downfield and take care of the football and not turn it over. Kyle Allen is a more accurate thrower of the football while he's not be, maybe as, as athletic. I think this offense works better with a pocket passer who's going to stay in the pocket and deliver the football on time. Browns, Pats... Coming into the season, I thought this was a toss-up. I think this is a Pats win. It's at home. 
if the Browns can keep this close, it's a 10.5-point line, if the Browns can keep it close and or win this game, holy moly, it's just a ground-shifting win for the for the Browns. Um, if not, I just think this is going to further frustrate somebody, and we're going to have an anonymous source come out of Cleveland this week. Yeah, I think something needs to happen. I think Craig Kitchens needs to give up uh, the play-calling duties or something if they get embarrassed. But you have to make that that move. Because they were 2-5 and five last year when they fired Hugh Jackson. And if they lose today, they'll be 2-5 and five this year with a lot more expectations and even more talent this year than they had a year ago. And with the head coach trying to learn on the job for the first time. And, uh, this is a situation where if you remove Belichick and Brady and the opponent and you just look at the two situations, this is one that lines up well for the Browns. They're coming off a bye, so they have an extra week to prepare. They were uh, kind of embarrassed. I mean, they blew a 14-point lead at home two weeks ago, and they've been stewing in that, and they're 2-4. and four, They need to bounce back. And then you have the Patriots, who are on a short week, coming off a great win uh, Monday night. The other quarterback's talking about seeing ghosts. Maybe you get a little uh, big for your britches. You have some travel involved there on a short week getting back home. So normally in the NFL, this would be a situation where that road team coming off the bye with two extra weeks to get ready would be a team that would be better suited for this game. But at the end of the day, it is the Patriots, and not oftentimes can a Freddie Kitchens catch Bill Belichick off guard. I do think Cleveland will keep it close. This number was at like 14 earlier in the week. It's really come down. Uh, I think the Browns can be competitive. They can run the football. Patriots are only 22nd in rush defense. But at the end of the day, I just don't see Baker Mayfield and uh, Freddie Kitchens going into New England and beating Brady and Belichick. Belichick's won, I think, it's 20 straight against quarterbacks in their first two years. They'll win again today. What doesn't make sense to me, Luke, is these rumors about Tom Brady leaving New England. It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it is odd. There's been rumors over the last couple of years about, you know, his tense relationship between he and Belichick and uh, which one wants more credit or Brady wants to be treated more like a superstar. It is, uh, it is weird to think that if it's his decision. Like, usually when quarterbacks do that, it's because the team's done with them. Brett Favre, even going back to the days like Joe Namath way back when, uh, right? usually the team's moving on. The star player doesn't leave a great situation like that. So it, it will be weird if that happens. I don't understand this. Um, and he's done some odd things uh, the last couple of years. Look at the frustration over his trainer and all that last year. Just been some odd things circling. If Green Bay, Kansas City had Patrick Mahomes... I would call this game a Cleveland lean, if we're looking at just like politics, lean Kansas City, but very close. You know, one of those 52-48 type political races. Here, I think if Green Bay doesn't win, it's a disappointment if you're a Packer fan. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, Matt Moore was uh, coaching high school football earlier this year, and the Chiefs, after after um, their backup got hurt, I think it was Chad Henney got hurt, they called up Matt Moore, brought him out of retirement. Now he's going to be starting on Sunday Night Football against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, Green Bay, they're favored by five and a half on the road, so that would make them uh, about a 12-point favorite at home in this game against Kansas City, even if they're on the road. Sunday Night Football, crowd's going to be crazy. This is a game that, that Green Bay needs to win. But uh, I've been saying since the Mahomes deal that I think Matt Moore can still do some good things for this Chiefs offense. I think they'll be able to move the football. Andy Reid has coached a lot of games with backup quarterbacks over his career. Uh, he's over 500 with his backup quarterback. In fact, like a, almost like a quarter of his games in his career have been coached with a backup quarterback. So I, I think with the system he has in the offense, Matt Moore's not going to be Pat Mahomes tonight. But I think this offense, it, it won't be like... Uh, 
you know, like uh, the Redskins, for example, on Thursday night, where they just couldn't move, the, they couldn't do a thing. I think this offense will still be competitive against the Packers. Uh, the Packers' defense, I still believe, is overrated. Can Aaron Rodgers make enough plays on the road against a pretty good pass rush? He should be able to. The Packers should win this game, but I do give the Chiefs a, 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 certainly a fighting chance at home. Um, we'll talk more about the Vikings next week, but in but in one sentence of six words or less, your thoughts on the Vikings? No, it was just it was a much needed win. Kirk Cousins played well again. Uh, they won at the end of the day. I don't care about the final score or anything. That it's a win. Win is a win. Move on. Try to get another one next week. That was way more than six words. That's six words. That's hard. You're a radio host. Joe's got to tell you. You got you know eight seconds left. Joe's a uh, uh, Luke's producer. Uh, Tomorrow morning show, ESPN 98.9 Charleston. Joe probably counts you down. You're going to, like, slip in a quick sentence. <laughs> All right, six words. Just win, baby. And they did. <laughs> there, there you go. Your game of the day. Oh, sorry. We're getting to the end of our radio program, Luke. Oh. Yeah, game of the day. Uh, I'm going to go with that Panthers-49ers game. Uh, 49ers undefeated. I'm really intrigued. This Panthers team, are they for real or not? Today will be a good test. Monday Night Football. Just kidding. Sunday, uh, that that same game. Sorry, um, that you picked your sleeper game. Uh, sleeper, man. I I think we co- I, I don't know. I think we covered all the all the games of interest. I'll say um, I'm just gonna say Broncos Colts because uh, the Colts are like 16 and three the last 19 games. I think they win today and continue on. I think they're really underrated. But the Broncos coming to town with a pretty good pass defense. I guess I'll pick that one. It's not really another good game. Saints-Cardinals. I wonder if this is Teddy Bridgewater's problematic game. Just something to keep an eye on. Teddy Bridge. Oh, sorry. Uh, Drew Brees is back today, right? Yes. All right. Ne- never mind. Let's, let's take that game out. I forgot who the quarterback was. Bad job by me. Um, I'll find another one here. Oakland, Houston. Houston lays an egg sometimes at home for 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 no reason. <laughs> and there's no reason to pick the Raiders. I just think that Oakland may come out flat like Notre Dame did last night. So you know, things happen. Uh, your Survivor game. There's a whole bunch to choose from. Yeah. Um, Survivor. I'm going to take. I'll take the Rams at home. Against the Bengals, uh, that mean, game's in London. Oh yeah, right. That's in London. Ooh, that may, that adds another extra wrinkle. I'll still go with the Rams. You can't lose that game. The Bengals are horrible. They're in the tank race with the Jets. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna go Monday Night Football. How can you pick against Pittsburgh, even with Mason Rudolph? I'm just saying. Dolphins are atrocious. Just absolutely atrocious. Um, you're. Uh, game to watch golf during. <laughs> well, there's plenty to pick from. Uh, I'll say the. Um, uh, I guess. Uh, I guess Jets Jaguars. I try to avoid your Jets. But okay. Say Jets Jaguars. No, that's good, Mom. Um, and then finally, um, oh, and for me, Cleveland, New England, and Green Bay, Kansas uh, City. Because if I was home, I'd be watching golf during those times. I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Literally the game to watch golf during. Um, and then your player to watch. Uh, I'll go chalk for you. I'll say Drew Brees. I mean, return. I don't know why they're rushing him back with his hand injury. They have a bye next week. Teddy Bridgewater's 5-0. and I'm curious to see how well Brees looks today. Tiger. Of course. Am I on your show tomorrow if Tiger pulls this off? Yeah, maybe. Okay. 
Just text me. Have Joe call me. Sounds good. Uh, Luke, enjoy your football Sunday. Enjoy your Tiger golf. (laughs) There you go. And enjoy your football Sunday, everybody.